Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. First, at the very beginning, do you guys remember when we talked about repentance for like for for the lies we've believed about men and women and about relationships? How many of you guys were here for that one? Remember that? And then we went, we we did the house crux, and we talked about uh, really how do you know when you're ready to start dating, and we went after that. And then we talked about dating with Dominic and Emily last week. It was awesome. They talked about the, their whole story, but also just things to know when you're dating and how do you know and, and all that good stuff. So now we are at, we have said, okay, you started right, you were single, then you were, you were ready to date, then you're dating. Now we're at the place where we're saying, hey, you did dating right and you are getting married. Woo, right? And so tonight specifically, we wanted to talk about marriage and sexuality, right? Anyone? Anyone? That's good. There you go. Thank you, Joel. Joel's ready. Anyone else? No? All right. So, but what we did is we wanted to do something different rather than just like me preaching at you about sexuality and what the Bible says and all that, which is really good. And we have past teachings on that. If you want to learn more and find out where is it in the word of God, okay, come talk to me. We can point you that. But we wanted to do something different where we pulled up couples in this church that we really love, we really trust, and uh, kind of different generations of in the marriage, right? And you guys can ask any questions you want about marriage, about sexuality, and we're just, we're calling it real talk, where you can ask whatever it is, and we're going to interview them. They don't know what the questions are yet, and they're just going to share from their experience and from their marriage and speak right into your hearts. And so what we're going to do is we have this bucket right here, all right, and actually here, first, just take these out. If you can help pass these around. We have some lined paper. There's some pens in the back of your seats, okay, and what we'll do is you guys can write down, uh, we'll pull up the, the couples and we're going to start uh, kind of welcoming them and then you guys can write down questions that you have either about sexuality or about marriage or about even parenting or anything like that that kind of has to do with that, all right? And then what we'll do is we'll have a moment, we'll pass the buck around, you can put your, your anonymous question in there and then we're just going to go for it and ask. And if you get any more questions throughout the night. You can keep writing more and put them in the bucket and we'll keep pulling them up, okay? Does that sound good? So there's pens in the back of your seats that you can pull from and uh, just start to write away. Any questions Any questions you have, it's, it is all free game, okay? There might be some that already are written on because some people are already writing some in there. Okay, so while we're doing that though, I'm going to welcome up our couples and uh, so you guys can get to know them. So with the couples, come on up. You guys can each pick a table here. And can you guys give a good old crux warm welcome to them? They're amazing. I love every single person up there. They're all near and dear to my heart for a reason. There you go. Fancy water for you. Yes, we, we got it. It's fancy for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just realized something. So I lived with Dominic. I lived with Matt and Annie and their son-in-law I lived with. So I have some, <laughs> some really tight connections with all of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? All right, guys. So I'm just going to introduce you to them. For those who don't know, um, we're just going to go down the line. Most of you already know this couple, but can you guys just say your name and then we'll just pass it down, okay? First, well, let's do this. Say your name and say how long you have been married. Hello, my name's Dominic. <laughs> this is my bride, Emily. And we will be married two and a half years on Monday. My name's Dan O'Dash, and this is my wife, Debbie, and we've been married 32 years. Oh, guys only. All right. Well, my name is Matthew, and this is my wife, Annie, and we have been married for 14 and something, 
some few months, uh, years, because we have a legal anniversary and then an actual anniversary. So you can ask questions about that at some point if you want. Yeah. Oh, we just went for two. We were like, one's not enough. Uh, we, we, go, we go after the, the ceremony. <laughs> we do forget them both sometimes. One we call the we call the the legal one the phone anniversary. It's, it's yeah, just for fun. It's kind of fun, yeah. But our ceremony one, ceremonial one, the covenant, that's the real one, yeah. So fourteen and a half. So just, are you guys writing? Any nuggets yet? A life of adventure. How about? Yeah, that's not one word. That's a sentence. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think I think that it's it's a lot harder than you probably expect it to be, but it's super worth it. More worth it than you would have expected it to be. Yes. Yes. What did you What did you say? Adventure. <clears throat> This is pretty rare, but I'm passing. That's okay. good. No worries. No worries. Um, I was thinking of two different things. I was thinking uh, the two shall become one. And uh, the other thing I was thinking of is uh, esteem another's needs higher than your own. I was just going to say, marry your best friend. Very good. You want to pass it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Did you guys get some good questions written out? You're blanking. That's fine. No, we have plenty of questions. No worries. No worries. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I thought of one. Um, it, is a, it is a daily choice. It's not just like that one day when we got married. I chose you, but you daily choose. You know, just like you do in a lot of other things in life. It's like, no, I still choose you after 32 years. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Do we have the bucket? Some questions? Bring them on over. And you guys can keep, what we'll do is we'll keep passing the bucket around again if there's more questions. Or if you have one, you can wave it and you can put it back in there. Okay. Yeah, you can keep grabbing them. I got some sent to us earlier as well. So are you guys ready? You ready just to jump right on in? I want to get to as many questions as we can. You guys good? Yeah? Ready? 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 All right, here we go. All right, so this first one. What habits during dating will set up your marriage for success? Right? Because there's probably certain things you start doing in dating habits you form. What are ones that you're like, this will really set you up for success? Or maybe even the other ones, like, don't do this habit. That'll hurt you, you know? I, I thought of something. Um, prayer. Uh, period. Would you say praying for each other with each other? Like, what do you mean when you say praying? Um, both. But, yeah, if you're, if you're dating somebody and they're a Christian, for sure, I mean, please let them be a Christian. But don't, don't skip that yeah. part in your relationship. It's super important. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, if you care about them, you're going to pray for them. Yeah. But, yeah, pray about things together. It will definitely set a foundation. Mm-hmm. You'll need it later. <laughs> I would. I, our our dating was a little unconventional because we dated long distance, but um, and this is like in two thousand two, so we did not have FaceTime. <clears throat> we had dial up, what? so we were email. I know Scott? it's yeah. So it was super a long time ago. 
but the thing about it, I think that was really good for us was that it just established communication. So I would say communication is probably, I mean, you hear it all the time, but like, what does that actually mean? Um, but it's just learning how to talk to each other and learning like, oh, you, you tend to tell a story, but you leave these details blank and those details are really important to me. So learning how to like figure out those things, like he's not leaving out those details because he doesn't want me to be a part of his day or his story and not taking it personally, but learning to let him know like, hey, you're leaving stuff out that I actually needed to know. So I think all of the dating that we did long distance where it was just all over the phone really gave us a really good, strong foundation of, of learning a lot of that stuff. So good. Awesome. We had like the longest emails, you guys. It was they were like long they were emails. like essays. Oh. And we were just like that's all we had. They couldn't text. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, so we could we could call emails. like on a Saturday, but it's like long distance international. So we just yeah, I think Annie at one point she like printed them out and hid them from me because she didn't want me to see them. But uh they, we yeah, we were just like super honest and and we're just here's like the kind of the boring stuff because like we didn't get to like have those boring things day to day to be like, and those, and when you have the day to day too, that is valuable to just share like, oh yeah, this dumb thing happened and that annoyed me. And you just, you get to know each other that way rather than being like too superficial. Yeah. It's good. It's good. All right. I'm going to jump into another question here. All right. So it kind of still goes with the dating one. Um, but from dating, how did you know when it was time to get engaged and to be married? So how do you know that moment? Or maybe I saw some other questions too. How do you know this is the person we're dating versus like, we're ready, let's get married? How do you know? Can I just tell a quick story? So when I was in Bible college and there was like someone who just said like long distance relationships, either like they, they'll make it or they'll break it. And that kind of rocked me. I went to prayer and I fasted and then, um, and I had like sleepless nights and I went and actually talked to my dad and my, my mom. I'm like, I'm just, I don't know what's going on. And we were quiet for a minute and my dad's like, well, if you're asking for my blessing, you got it. And I was like, uh, okay. And that honestly, that was like a wake up, like now is the time, like, and wow. freaked Annie out. <laughs> She's like, how is this going to work? It was amazing. But yeah, it was, it was time. And so sometimes you just, some people just say, well, you know, when you know, and sometimes you're like stirring at like just all these thoughts are going on, all these emotions are, are going on. And then you just know when you, when you place that before the Lord, he will show you. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Oh, Dan and Debbie. Yeah. Uh, I knew that Debbie was the right one. Um, I think it was in the middle of a trial that she was experiencing she was in a valley. Just a little background: Debbie was married once before uh, to a interesting individual that <clears throat> wasn't the right guy, and uh, and that created a real trial for her. And I was watching. I was shopping for a wife, basically at church. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to marry one of these girls, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and and I saw her with a grip on the hem of Jesus's garment wow. in the midst of a valley that was terrible. And uh, I went, "Whoa, look at that one!" That one. And they're like, "She's got problems." So I'm like, "Yeah, but she's going to be on the mountain." Yeah, I on. said, "If she can hold on there." She's going to be amazing on the mountain. Wow, yeah. come on. So I knew that was the right one, so and good. that's how I knew. Wow. So, so yeah, the girl that had snot running down her face at the altar every yeah. Wednesday and Sunday. I'm saying it every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday because I just thought I had no interest at all, mm. none. I just was like, you know, me and you, Lord, look what I did when I didn't ask you. Mm. And... And so as my feelings grew, I was just scared to death. Yeah. I was. I was like, I can't trust myself. I need to know that he's from you. If not, you have to, like, slam the door shut. Wow. And, yeah. yeah, so laying it before the so Lord good. for sure. And there's no hurry. Yeah. I think that's a sign of, I'm not sure that's a positive sign if you're mm -hmm. in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. 
It's good. Because you have to get the peace from the Lord. And yeah, if, and if you don't have it, then just wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So good. Awesome. I love how, I, I just love how for you, it was a season of, I'm just broken before Jesus. And that was the very thing he needed to see to say, oh, she's the one, you know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. You guys, don't be afraid to break before the Lord, you know? Yeah. It's like, and when you're focused on him, other pe- like the right one will be like, whoa, that one's really after God, you know? Love that. All right, so are you guys good if I go into a, a potentially more awkward, deeper question? Let's do it. Sexuality, all that good stuff. Yeah, any amount already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, these uh, these are two that came in. All right, well, this one, is there, so I'll change the question a little bit too, but they said, is there a lot of pressure on the first wedding night? Or I would say any advice or any, I don't know, anything you could say about it that you're like, you guys should, you guys should know that. Not crazy details or anything like that, but you know what I mean. But just that general thing. I was going to say dibs. <laughs> oh, Dominic. Right. Dominic's ready. <laughs> okay. Two years, that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was awesome, you know. I. <laughs> no, honest, honestly, um, you know, for, for Emily and I, it was kind of funny because, like, there's that passage in, in Genesis, you know, before the fall where it says they were naked and unashamed, you know. And uh, honestly, uh, on our wedding night, before we really got started, we actually spent the time and just, like, prayed for each other, you know. Um, and that was already, like, That's a really awesome. big, like, intimacy builder after a very long day and a very emotionally intense day. Uh, that was a great way to start by just praying and then just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what I was just going to say. Like, we just made a point that, but like, before we stepped into anything, we just invited the Lord into the moment and just said, okay. hey, God, like, this is, you know, like, we're, you know, and just and just spent time with him. So, yeah. I think the only other thing I would say is don't go to get dinner at In-N-Out afterwards because you may run into your in-laws. So, that's weird. So. Not that it happened so to them or anything, but uh, just, just, you know, yeah. Bring dinner, I guess, so you don't go out to fast food. <laughs> you guys, anything? No, no. Well, I guess. Um, no, I think it might come up later. Cool. Okay, great. Are you guys good of ask another sex question? And then, and then we'll take a break. We'll go back to dating and marriage stuff. Okay, right. Uh, but this is a good one. Okay, so. Does being married make it easier or harder to manage your sex drive? I think everyone has this idea that like, I want to have sex so bad, I just, I've got to get married, right? But then I've heard a lot of couples who end up struggling in that area or things like that. So I would just, you know, bring light on that. Is it easier? Is it harder? Advice you'd give? I think it's really important that you manage it successfully before you get married because just because you're having sex doesn't mean that your lust desires go away or anything like that. And, like, that doesn't mean you don't have sex all the time. Like, it's not your life happens, you know, so it's not. um, And if you're not managing it successfully before you get married, it's going to, like, come up. And so if you're used to, like, looking at things in movies or checking other people out, like an, on, on the daily and you don't have control over that, that's not going to suddenly just disappear because you got married and you can have sex now. So I think that you that's have good. to really manage it before in order to be successful in marriage. So good. Not to, uh, I, I completely agree with that 100%. You know, I think getting married, it makes me even more aware of how much harder I should have fought every single time for just purity in all things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I will say, though, for me, I think marriage actually helped me uh, personally. Um, I think because, and again, I should have been even better. And I I did cut out stuff. It wasn't like I was getting crazy. But for me, marriage was an even better opportunity to pull that boundary line even further back. Like, we got married, and I immediately threw out, like, 60 DVDs (laughs) that weren't, like, crazy. They were just, like, movies we'd see at the movie theater or something. But I'm like, you know what? There's situations in these movies, like, maybe not even sex scenes, but there's stuff in these movies that, like... I'm never going to want to watch again, you know, or like, I'm never going to want to go here again. Hey, there's these people that I maybe used to date on social media that I don't need to ever see their face again. I can unfriend them. I can, (laughs) like, seriously, like, and for me, marriage was kind of a cool reset. And again, there's no reason why you couldn't do that today. 
but marriage for me was this kind of fresh moment where I'm like, wow, I have a spouse. Like, time to purge all of this stuff. And it was amazing to me how much that helped me. Like, and I'm like, dude, there's no reason why I could have couldn't have been this at with it when I was single, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, marriage helped me because that timeline, I just kind of purged a bunch of junk that yeah. I was just kind of lying around. So good. Anyone else? Yeah, I'll add just a little bit. I think um, when you get married, I think it accentuates what you already are. And if you're like, like if you're a really generous person growing up or whatever, and you you have no problem sharing your stuff or whatever, it, let's say you inherit you know a hundred thousand dollars, you're probably going to be really generous because that's who you are, and you get more of something just makes you more of who you are, mm, right? Good. So I think sexuality, you have to get a handle on it before you get married. Mm. I, I really do. I think, I think it starts, I think Chris Valentin talks about it, it starts in the grocery store when you're riding in the cart with your mom. I want that. I want that. I want that. You know, that's where it starts. Self-control. Mm, Self-control good. starts now... And then when you get married, because I can, I want my wife, she's going to be like, you know, she's going to be like, well, yeah, yeah, how does that feel to want, you know? So, I mean, it just, it doesn't work. What, who you are, sexu- being sexually pure or sexually selfish is Good. going to enhance when That's you good. get married. Wow. Right. And so just because you're married... Does if you have if you're dealing with lust, whether it's movies or or looking at people or, I mean anyway, I'm not going to go down a rabbit trail. Um, if you don't take care of those things, then you're going to bring that mm. to your spouse, mm. and it's like, ooh, yeah. marriage is hard enough. Like Annie was saying, um, you know, you're going to go through things as a married couple, and to be able to have the privilege to have. Um, to have sex and be intimate is just that. It's a gift from God. So as much as you can, just take care of your junk. Yeah. Because even if you don't mean to, you're going to be, you know, like we had stuff, because I was married before, we had stuff that, that, I mean, if I have any regrets, it's that I didn't take care of things more because then we had to deal with it instead mm. of just me and the Lord dealing with That's it. Good, yeah. So, yeah, so you'll bring it in. So yeah, just so ask good. yourself what you want to take with you. Yeah, it's good. So it sounds, and is it safe to say, so it sounds kind of summarized what I'm hearing is just this idea of it's both easier and harder in the sense that it's easier. You have an outlet now. You can say yes sometimes, but it's also harder because certain things get, get awoken and almost magnified now. And you need to deal with that even more. So deal with it now. Does that sound safe to say? Yeah. Awesome. Well, so we're going to jump into some other questions here. Um, great job, guys. Can we give it up for them? They're doing awesome. They're being super real, super open. Really thankful for them. Um, okay, so here. So what are some challenges? Uh, well, this is kind of both the same way. But basically, what are some of the main, the biggest challenges uh, that you kind of face while in a godly marriage? Or some others said, what are some challenges in making each other happy? And like agreeing with each other. So the idea, so I think just the multiple questions is this idea of what are some challenges you face? How do you go through that as a godly couple? Hey, Matt, Matt, Matt and Annie? Um, I think um, knowing that <clears throat> things are going to change and to never become complacent and just be like, like I'll, I'll just say like for us, um, I was such a quality timer. Um, and then we had children. <laughs> and then... My my number one love language switched to um, to acts of service exactly. So what used to be what, what used to fill my tank would be if like Matt and I would go hang out together. Where now it fills my tank when he lets me go into a room by myself and close the door and not be with any people at all, just by myself, um, and like takes out the trash. Those kinds of things have they they meant something to me before, but like that has just like changed. So I think if he was was like continuing to be like, oh well, Annie's you know quality time, and just kind of trying to like, and not really trying to adjust as life changes, um, that would that would be a real problem. So I think just um, 
just being aware that like what may have worked isn't going to work and like marriage is this like constantly moving and evolving thing Mm -hmm. and so you can't ever just like put the autopilot on and just think it's going to work that's good Stay on your toes. (laughs) Be alert. (laughs) Yeah, you can't put cruise control on on marriage. Like, okay, got the ring on it. Like, and now, like, this is our life forever. There's, you're gonna grow together. You're gonna change together. But you also get to dream together, and you Mm. also get to say, like, okay, let's both like write down some dreams that we've had forever and let's see like wow oh my gosh like that totally lines up with this like this overlaps with that we can do the the both and and there will be some times where i i can't do that because i want you to do that and there's times where you say like oh no let's put that on the back burner because you want to do that there's times where where you want to champion your spouse and you want to uh, be able to to let them go for it and see that goal achieved and and a lot of times because of probably the way that you guys got like will find each other, those things will really run parallel. That's a, that's a really big one was just learning to, to find someone that you have a dream, they have a dream and you're like, wow, like this, we can run pretty much parallel in a lot of different ways. And this, this could be really great to, to be able to strengthen each other, encourage each other and, and uh, yeah, champion each other in that way. So good. So good. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, um, you know, stay on your toes, stay alive, keep dreaming. But a couple of people asked then, so how is the first year of marriage that? How is it different from the 10th year of marriage or way down the road? You know, did what worked that first year work in the 10th year? Can you know, I, I also just want to say this about the, the first year of marriage. Um, it's. Um, okay, so I, I hope that this answers this question, but this is something that I feel like is really important and I really wanted to say to you guys tonight. Um, there's this, the the role of premarital counseling, I think, has kind of become a bit of a, almost like a joke, like, oh, ha ha, you know, premarital counseling, you know, is it really effective or whatever? So here's here's my my big soapbox that I really want to, that I just feel really passionate about. Um, premarital counseling, I feel like, yes, it's it's going to be about you and your spouse, but who I also think it really needs to be about is the people that you're, you're coming under in premarital counseling because mm-hmm. it is going to suck sometimes. And the most important thing, and this is what we tell... You, well, no, well, marriage, like the first year, stuff is, is going to happen after you get married. And what we always say when we do premarital counseling with people is... Our main goal in premarital counseling is not to like try and guess what all of your problems are going to be so that we can like be prepared for them. Like that's, I think, the idea. But my heart for that is, is that I want Matt and I to develop relationship with whoever we're entering into premarital counseling with because when that stuff goes down, they have people that they can run to. And I think that that's so, so important. Um, For us, the first year was actually not that bad. It was the third year. It was so bad. It was so bad. And we were so lucky that we had such a support group because I don't know what we would have done without that. Um, So that is just the thing that I would want to say about that. is, is that there's going to be that, and you you you're not going to be able to solve every problem the two of you, and and please don't try. Like, yeah, I don't think we're supposed to, and I and I don't think that yeah that you need to try to do that. You have to have people in your life that you develop a relationship with, that you can go to, and that stuff happens. So, so was that the question? Yeah, I think was you that it? it? That yeah, feel? so good. No, so good. Um, but yeah, for for you guys, uh, was that first year different? The from first that year, time? everything and was what? perfect. And I'm not lying. Was it the third year for you, too? It was not the first. Because I remember, I honestly was sitting here thinking, what year was it? I don't know. I don't know. I know it wasn't the first because we were just like in, <laughs> and I'm serious. We were, we were in marital bliss the first year. So much so that when we had our first fight, my argument, disagreement, nope, I'm pretty sure it was a fight. Um, my sister, I was telling my sister, and she's like, trouble in paradise? And that really made me mad. But it also told me <laughs> where, where I was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that for me, part of it might have been 
you know, I didn't ask the Lord the first time, and I would highly not recommend that. It will not go well, I'm sorry, but it just won't, unless the other person gets saved and God can do anything, but that wasn't the case for me. So I think finding a godly man and standing next to somebody who loved the Lord in church, and all of that, I think that was a huge part of my marital bliss was, you know, I've, I've, tell, I've tell people over the years that I've had the, the heaven and hell marriage, but I had, I had the hell one first. So, but it was my choice. So, yeah, it was my choice. And, um, but yeah, I don't, it was not your one for us. Yeah. And I totally agree with having somebody, we did go through marital counseling, and we went through this book, um, and we thought it was great, but it was a little, like, I'm, I'm not sure how you guys do it. Maybe we'll have to go out to dinner because if anybody approaches us, they'll be like, so what are you guys doing nowadays for premarital counseling? But we went through this book. Um, the counselors that we had were leaders in our church at the time whose marriage didn't end up lasting. Oh. Yay! Oh. But whatever, though, there were those issues. I mean, those were their issues. But we did a book, and it, it covered a lot of things that we never would have thought of. You know, like, yeah. like, except for the one week. I mean, we were like just like close to each other. We just loved going to marital counseling, and we were just we were getting an A. We were getting an A plus or an A minus or something until that one week, where the they didn't realize what chapter it was, and they walked in their living room, and we were sitting on up opposite ends of the couch, and they were like, "Oh, what's going on? What's going on here?" And he goes, "What week are we on?" And he opens the book, and it was about submission. (laughs) And that part of my first marriage was really, Mm. like, I didn't, I was scared to death to submit to a man again. Mm. But when you do it the way that the Lord intended, there's so much freedom. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. a control thing Mm -hmm. like I thought it was. So anyway, I'm I'm sure I got off on a tangent, but I'm pretty sure I was supposed to. So yeah. Well, can you? So that's a good one, and it might be in your not, but I I get asked that question a lot as well. What what does it mean for uh, for the wife to submit, for the man to lead? Like, how, what does that actually mean? Because I think there is a bad understanding of that, and maybe in the past in church history, it's been taught to push women down, which was never the heart of God. So can you guys tell us what does that mean, and what does when that says like? wives submit to husbands, what does that actually mean? And how did you get that trust? I heard it explained one time, I think it was Lisa Bevere. I think we were at a Lisa Bevere uh, conference and she was talking about submission and I thought she hit it right on the head. She said, she said, we do things in our marriage and we make decisions and my husband, I submit to my husband as the leader And when things go wrong and the Lord is maybe upset with our decisions, I just duck and he has to take the hit. (laughs) Because she's in submission to his leadership. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, we're new. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're newer at this, <laughs> um, but I mean, even the marriage conference that we got to go to last week, uh, the, you know, they, they, one of the ways they said for like leading the household, they said, lead, don't dominate. Um, I really love that. You know, I think that there's a difference between leadership and like domination. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not a dictator like when I'm, when I've slept, you know, <laughs> no, but honestly, like, I think that that was such a good little nugget of wisdom. And then, uh. I always also think about, like, you know, we're supposed to lead in the way that Jesus leads the church, yeah. like what he did for his bride. And I just always go, I'm like, Jesus's model of leadership was to always get lower, always to serve more, and ultimately to lay down his life for yeah. his church. So it's like, you know, like leadership in, the, in God's kingdom is service. You know, it's that yeah. whole, like, like opposite of the world leadership model where it's like, hey, you want to be the leader of your household, like that means I'm going to serve more, <laughs> you know? Um, at least that's, I mean, I'm new, but that's what it, yeah. And I think that like we are very much in a society right now that's all about like like equality with men and women, which is so great, but like we're also designed differently. Like God designed us, he says we're all like equal, like God counts us all the same, but we are different and our roles are different. And I think that like, 
sometimes like we think that like, oh, I have to be this like powerhouse, whatever. But like, and so you have to be like the dominant person in the relationship. But like submitting, I think is sometimes actually harder than leading. Like I think that, you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's humbling to say, hey, you know, and I think for us, like some of the challenges has been like, I'm a very like dominant leader person. I'm a leader in my work. Like that's just like who I am naturally. And I'd be like, you're not leading. And Dominic's like, you're not letting me lead. Like, will you shut up? I didn't say this, but like, will you shut up and let me talk? Or will you like, you know, like, he doesn't say, but he does. He's like, Emily, you're not letting me lead. So you're mad at me right now because you're not like actually letting me take the leadership. And I was like, Oh, sorry. You know, <laughs> like, or he, you know, like, and he's, he's, he's really good about like being really honoring, knowing that about me and being like, Hey, like you're frustrated right now because you're trying to like make this happen and you're not supposed to make this happen. Like, this is something that like you need to let me do or whatever. Um, and so I think that like just having like open and honest communication, but I think it's really important to realize that submitting is not a weak thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a lesser person. It means you're like falling in the balance that God created. And that does not in any way undermine you as a woman, change your dignity or your like place of honor. If anything, like you're being, that's even more honoring because like he said, like the husband is supposed to treat the wife as Christ treats the church. When you think of all that Christ did for us and that's the reflection that's supposed to be done in marriage, like that is like huge honor towards a woman. And I think we just have to recognize that it's not a weak thing or a lesser like gender thing. It's actually like a way of balancing and honoring Christ. I just to tag on to that too. Do you want to no, say what no. you were saying? Um, just because I that's so how we function as well. Um, and that was what year three was all about for us. Um, was a lot of that hitting the fan. Um, and here's just what I want to just tag on to what you were saying is is that as much as I am a firstborn, I'm and actually Matt's a firstborn too, and apparently those birth those birth order personalities are quite quite a recipe for something aggressive <laughs> but um <laughs> but the thing was is, is that in that time it was the thing that like kind of what you were saying too like I I never like it, it was all all of my anger that I would feel um if I felt like I was taking over or I was dominating I would actually feel very insecure in those moments because as much as that was my like natural personality type to just like barge barge through and, and lead whether I'm being led or whether I'm leading. Um, I, I felt so out of place in that. It was like I was wearing the pants, but I didn't want to, but I, so I would get like bitter and, but it was like, it never felt right. Like it wasn't like this, like, does that make sense? Am I making any sense? Yeah, I feel totally. like I'm not explaining this well, no, but it, it, part of my frustration was, is that I was like taking something that didn't belong to me. So good. So good. And so for those who didn't hear with um, kind of like what Debbie was saying, it was uh, kind of when you realized or trusted him to be like Jesus, you know, laying down his life for you. The more submitted to the Lord he was, the more, you know, attractive that is. And then the insecurity leaves, you mm. know, the fear, it changes the whole dynamic because Yes, I'm submitting to my husband, but ultimately I'm submitting to the Lord. Mm, you know, it's like good. if I trusted God enough that that he was supposed to be my husband, then it's, you know, it, it can't just be, yeah, it has to be in that too. That was a really, really hard season. I have no idea what year that was or years. <laughs> it was, but it's totally worth it. Awesome. It's just totally so worth good. it. So good. Thank you guys. That was so good. So, hey, I'm going to jump into another question just so we can get through maybe a couple more before we're done here. Uh, a couple of people asked this. Uh, basically, how do you keep the romance alive in your marriage or how do you keep your love on in marriage kind of all throughout the years? What do you do to keep the, the romance still there? I think there's this idea in dating. It's all the butterflies and, oh, wow, you know. Um, but we've also... Uh, I've seen people, you know, 30 years down the road, they're just like, we're committed, whatever, but they don't seem like there's a passion anymore, you know? So what do you do to, to keep that romance alive? <laughs> Not it. No one's reaching for the microphone here. Do you have something? No, you can, you go. Yeah, yeah. I would love to hear. 
<laughs> As a professional. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, it, it comes back to like where we started. Like we started as best friends and we stay best friends. When, when I picture like the kids move out of the house and they go off and, you know, college and, and get married and we're like empty nesters. What do I see us look like then? Like, and how do, how are we going to uh, be able to get there? Well, that means like there are some decisions that we're going to make and we're going to have conversations on like, how do we get there? What is that supposed to look like? Because, you know, I see my parents are, are a really cool model of that too. They're like BFFs. They've always, they've brought us along for the ride basically. Like I grew up doing all kinds of trips and things, but they, they had each other first and so that made us secure and uh, and knowing who my parents were. And so we've had plenty of conversations of that, too, of like we, we want our kids to know that we are first. And so if that means like, hey, grandma, grandpa are going to come over tonight and mommy, dad are going to go on a date night. Like we make in, intentional decisions to to put each other first. And, uh, and some people, they like we have date nights every week and. Uh, it just you just have to have those conversations of like what works the best, what really is uh, serves the need for each other, and really like um, that's that's a huge question. It's not about like well the, I need this, but what do you need? What what will fulfill your your romantic tank? You know that kind of thing. So it's good. It's really good. I also just think that um, it's important to like really pay attention to stuff. Like I I I'm not an easy person for this one. I'm not sentimental. And I'm not a gifts person, so Matt would, like, come home and bring me flowers, and I'd be like, I don't know what to do with these, and they're going to die in, like, three days, and then I just have dead uh, flowers. Um, he'll give me a card, and I'll be like, cool, I read that thing you wrote now. Can I throw this in the trash? Like, I don't know what to do with do this I now. Have to keep like, it forever? How many days do I need to keep this? <laughs> These flowers are gonna like last like three you days. Tell me when it's okay to throw I throw away. everything away. It's not personal. I just am just like that. Um, so I think knowing how how the person receives, but I just think it's really important to just be like, hey, the flowers, chocolate thing, that is like kind of the norm. But like, pay attention if that's not what what the person wants. Like, save everyone some trouble. You know what I mean? Like, be personal about the ways that you're showing each other that you love each other, because that's, yeah. That's good. A anyone else? Just uh, really how do you keep the romance alive? How do you keep... I think, I th I think probably the biggest part of that answer is uh, intentionality mm. and, yeah. the, and the desire. I want to be romantic, not just sexually, but I want to be romantic with you and... Like we did dinner in a movie last night, night before. I think it was the night before we picked a terrible. I picked a terrible movie, but <laughs> but she made dinner, and it was like we were gonna go out. We were gonna go to a restaurant and go to a movie for dinner in a movie, and you know, kind of semi-typical date night. And it's like, no, let's just do it at home. So, so we were in just just being intentional about it's you and me, and we're gonna do something, yeah, because we love each other. So good, love it. Yeah, I think I just want to piggyback off all that. I think staying in connection with each other and what each other wants is so important. Like when I'm similar to Annie, I'm not as sentimental and I'm not a gifts person and Dominic is. And so he would like constantly give me stuff and I'm like, this is great, but I don't want all this stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, but he's actually, and he like didn't realize it, but he was much more of a gift person. And I like bought him a book one time and it just like melted him. He was like, this is the best, you know, like he was so thankful. And I'm like, I would rather for me, like I feel sometimes the most connected with him when we're just like being silly and weird together because like, you know, it's just the two, like right now it's just the two of us or like when you go to, it's just the two of you. So like making time in the car to like talk about weird stuff or like laughing about weird things, or just being silly together. Like that's the bet. I think that's my favorite part is like when there's like, there's no inhibitions and he's just being a goofball like he wouldn't be in front of anyone other than me and it's just it's fun like that's but like I you know like buying him a gift is gonna make him super happy and buying me a gift is like oh thank you like <laughs> I appreciate that you know <laughs> but um yeah I think just finding out what each other likes and like keeping that yeah. communication open and not being afraid to like hurt the other person's feelings for the sake of like thank you very much but this is not how I receive love I would rather it be this way the next time and then just really quickly on that, I, I agree with what everyone said. And I kind of just agree with the idea of intentionality. You know, I think for me, it's like, 
how do you keep the romance in there? And again, we're still really new, and we have a lot, especially going into raising a kid. Like, I'm sure that there's going to be whole new ways to figure this out. Um, but I think for me, it's kind of like um, never losing that as like a, a priority. You know, some days it's not going to be the priority, maybe. You know, like survival might be, you know, baby on the way. Um, but like n- never losing that as a priority, you know. Um, I had another point, but I forgot. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to try to get through a couple more. Do you guys have about 10 more minutes in you? You guys doing good? Awesome. So we'll maybe for these ones, just have like two of you answer so we can try to get through as many as we can in the next 10 minutes. Okay. Um, but let's see. So this one here, they said, uh, besides God, besides God is at the center, uh, what are the biggest differences between a godly relationship and one without him at the center? And someone else kind of asked like um, the difference between a marriage and a non-God ordained marriage. Does that make sense? Kind of those questions? Yeah. So um, I, when I met Matt, I was actually dating someone else. He was a Christian. And, um, and yep, and we had kind of grown up together. We'd been dating for about a year. I went to England, which is where I met Matt. Um, and he went to um, a ministry school at Kansas City in IHOP to be a part of their worship ministry. He was, uh, he was on worship teams and stuff. Um, and so I guess my, my answer to this is, is that that relationship seemed like it checked a lot of the boxes. Um, but it wasn't until um, there was a time where we were on the ministry school, and, and, I, and I broke up with, with him um, pretty early on into the school. And Matt and I didn't start dating till the very end, so I was single for a few months. Um, But the thing about that relationship was um, there was nothing wrong with it, but there wasn't, like, this sense of adventure either, and I don't really know, like, how to explain that. But, like, his calling... It was was awesome, but, like, it didn't really, like, make me come alive. And the thing that I knew about with Matt was we had, um, we weren't dating, but we had this these prophets come in one day to the school. And they prophesied over Matt, and they started calling out these things that they were seeing in his destiny. And something inside me just, like, came alive. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of that. Like, I, like, and it wasn't even like, I want that for me. I was like, no, like, I, I want to be a part of, like, what they're saying right there. And I think that that's so important because um, you're, you could be attracted and probably fall in love with so many different people. Mm, and they could be good wow. people and they could love the Lord and all those things. But if you find the person that the Lord has for you, it's going to be more than that because it's going to be this destiny that partners with yours in this perfect way and it like you'll like it, it just yeah so good yeah. good mm-hmm. absolutely awesome um so kind of these two kind of ask similar questions but um how should we prepare for marriage and then um maybe what is something that you wish you knew before marriage i'm so just gonna go back. point back to yeah. the premarital counseling thing yeah. i think i think picking the people very carefully that are going to partner with you because they're going to be people that you call and they need to be people that you can tell anything to and that you know will tell you whatever needs to be said and that you'll be able to receive it. I think one thing that I wish I had like realized before we got married that would have helped a lot, especially in that first year was remembering that when we're in an argument or disagreement that we're on the same team. So, like, we, for our, the biggest, like, things, our problem when we first got married and we would fight is we were so busy trying to prove our own point and, like, be right that we completely forgot that the whole point is to, like, resolve it and come together again. And so I think that that is, like, one thing I wish I had, like, realized or known better was, like, your your goal going into every disagreement needs to be reconciliation and remembering that you're on the same team. You're not on opposite teams. Um, and that is, like, we, like, are learning that in phases. We felt like we had, like, nailed it, and then we had a big old discussion on parenting, and we realized we were trying to do the same thing, fighting on our own teams again. And we were like, dang it, we thought we learned this. Okay, we're going to do this again, you know? like. Mm. But we so now every disagreement we go into, we go, okay, what we are on the same team. We're trying to resolve this together. 
Um, and so I think like I've heard that before, but if I had really realized and grasped that before we got married, I think that would have been a lot easier. Good. Yeah. And fun fact with that, we've recently kind of tried to end every conflict we've had with like, okay, like once our passion kind of goes in a little bit, like, okay, what could I have done to communicate this more effectively up? Like, like if this ever came up again, how could I have phrased this? How could I have done this? Cause so much of it for us was like miscommunication, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when it got compounded, like really just fighting for my side or her fighting for her side. And that just doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you guys started to touch on it, but communication you're saying, but what would you say are some of the most important like pillars for a healthy marriage? You you know communication may be one of them. What else would you say? These are guys. These are some of the ma- the major things you need to focus on to have a healthy marriage. Money. I think money. I think I think you got to talk about money and your view towards money. Uh, what are you going to do with money? What's the plan for money? How you know? Are you nervous about money? Are you scared about money? Are you excited about money? What you know? What what what's the plan if we get a bunch of money? All those kind of money questions, I think, should come up in premarital counseling as well. Or go to the Dave Ramsey class, which is starting, uh, coming up in in, uh, (laughs) April, by the way. Uh, Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Even so many years ago when we got married, um, the, uh, the insecurity or whatever, the things that you can bring into your marriage that you don't realize that when you have an argument, I mean, maybe not in the forefront of your mind, are you admitting to yourself, well, I'm right and you're wrong. So come over to my side, you know, or whatever. And he's like, well, you're not right or whatever. But but realizing that would have been great, would have been great for us. Um, yeah, you have to talk about money. You have to talk about kids. You have to talk about the things that, you know, will happen later, but you, but to not talk about them at all. And then if there's an issue or, I mean, it it could, it could create, you know, like if you never talk about kids, you know, yeah, I want to have kids. I want to have kids. And that's all you say. And then you find out five years down the line and I'm, I'm totally being a little sarcastic, but you know, like she's not going to give up her shape or whatever, and she was totally thinking adoption, and you were like, what? I want natural children. That's, that's going to be a huge issue, mm-hmm. you know, so or like money. Assume yeah. the other one yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to buying a Christmas present for every person in my family. What? We draw names. I mean, so you have to talk uh, about money yeah. because those things, those things become huge issues later. That's so. good. So, um, and then communication, someone added, since you're talking about kind of communicating, someone asked in here about like, uh, secrets, do you tell each other everything? Are there certain things you don't tell each other kind of with that communication? What do you share with each other? What do you not? I'm actually going to go, this is actually advice Annie gave me before she got married. Do you know what I'm going to talk about? Oh, okay. Yeah. Before we got married, he and I got married. Um, but she had said like that like one like no absolutely never any secret because even a small one will cause a wedge but two one of the things that she said that they did was like um I really hope it's okay that I say this it's not a bad thing so I know no it was Annie we no it's not a bad thing but like she had said like anytime like like they ever find someone they think like is attractive and not like like oh that person's handsome or oh that person's beautiful like they tell the other person and it's not like you're lusting after them but it prevents any room from that happening and I just thought that was so cool because I was like gosh that makes so much sense like you never allow room for anything to come between you and so like that is just something we've always like established is like hey anything like thought at all like we just we just do our best to talk about it and sometimes you forget stuff and it comes up later um but like she gave me that advice before I got married and I just thought that was so cool because there's like like no we just don't allow room for anything even just as like hey like you know Chris Evans Captain America is good looking like you know what I mean like you don't allow room for that to come in you know like nodding his head like all the men in here are like yes that's true you know I think so too you know Captain America no but I mean like things like that like you just don't I just thought that was like really great advice and I've just carried that with me because I'm like that's really well, yes, yes, and it, <laughs> no, no, I did, I did, I do remember saying that, um, yes, and I just, that, that it breaks the power when you bring something out into the light, and the more that you keep it hidden, so yes, say everything, but um, there are times when I know that I, something I'm going to tell him is going to be really hard for him to hear, 
And in those moments, I have my people that I can go to. And usually it's like my mom or my sister. And they get the full brunt. They get all the emotion that I'm dealing with. And um, I don't have to filter. I don't have to. I can just like, like like verbally vomit, right? And then I can get a little bit of perspective. I can calm myself down. And now that I've got that kind of out in a safe space, then I'll still go and tell him, but like realize, well, some of that I kind of blew out of proportion. And if I had gone to him and not had that filter, then I would have just like, I would have just destroyed him. And there's things that you say that you can't unsay. Mm. And he can't unhear. And that's not fair. Because it's personal for him. So if I can go to my mom or my sister or someone I know is going to be safe and going to love him no matter what I say about him. Um, that's really important to you. you got to pick your people. Because if I go to my mom and then she starts carrying my, you know, frustration against Matt and then, then we work it out and we're good and then now my mom is mad at him. You know, you've got to go to your people that are going to know... That this is that this is what's happening. Pick like the, I need to right counsel, yes, I need right to like people. verbally vomit. Like please mm. don't hold this against matter, whatever. But it's just really important to sometimes just be aware that like the way you say it is also so important. So yes, mm. always tell the truth. Don't keep secrets, but be very very careful in how you tell them. Mm. Yeah, Dan, Dan, yeah. I want to add to that too. I think this is great what you guys shared. We don't we don't hide anything. They're married for about a year and a half or two years or something, right? And you guys come up with, well, there's a few things, you know. And I'm I'm thinking as a man, I cannot unload on my wife everything. I mean, we carry some stuff as men. We carry some responsibilities and we carry some 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 things that we have as men right as men to you know bear the burden or whatever whatever it is and it's like honey this burden's really heavy will you carry this with me it's like really i don't know i'm not, I'm, I'm i'm just thinking it's maybe not the place to say hey I think, I think there's a place where it says that she's the weaker vessel and we're to treat her as the weaker vessel. And I think we guard and we protect and we honor and we don't blow everything on her. Hey, it was really rough at work today. I mean, you need to know about blah, 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 blah. I said, man, your life sucks, you know? It's like, not really, you know? I mean, really, we can take that to the Lord, I think. We take our burdens to the Lord, and we share with Him, and He lifts our hearts. And we—I and I don't think—I don't think that's the right place for. I don't think she's my dumping ground. No, mm. no. But recently, he has shared some stuff at work, and this might be why he knows that, that I'm not the first dumping ground. You know, he goes to either his people, which is the Lord, or he, you know, has a conversation with himself on the way home. Group on Friday morning, <laughs> we've been meeting together for about 22 years. Yeah. Wow, way to go. So he That's shared. That's older than most of us. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. He, uh, he shared something that went on at work and, and, or went on with an employee or whatever. And, and I don't, I hate it when people dishonor my husband because he is very generous. He's very, I mean, he's, and <laughs> let me, let me preface with we're not taking applications for, in our in our business, but he is a great boss to work for. Um, so, like, don't come up to him and ask him for a job. That's not why I'm saying this. But um, I get really, and and I'm a girl, so I feel things. You know, he's a guy. He's just like, yeah, so and so was, you know, a jerk today, or he must have had a really bad day. And I'm like, what did he say to you? You know, and Pastor Daniel talks about, you know, I went to Oceanside. I'm like, yes, I went to Oceanside as well. And I killed her in the waters of baptism. So there's no reason to, like, you know. So, like, when she says go to your people, they're, you know, women especially or guys. I mean, I've known some emotional guys, and it's like just know who to. But, yeah, I am know who to talk to, but I get very protective um, and I'm not sure that he needs me to be. He's like, oh, my wife's protecting me. I'm <laughs> it's okay. We just do this. It's going to get better. You know, she's That's fired it. up, and it kind of messes with I'm like, I'm going to fire him. He's fired or whatever. No, yeah. That's, that's why I work in the office, and he works with people. But anyway, yeah. So good. So it sounds – So it's, I love how you each kind of brought it different parts, but it sounds almost like – 
communicate everything first to the Lord, like yeah. dump it to him first, vent to the Lord, give it to him. And then if you still need to go to counsel and then almost after you've gone to that, then like share every secret with each other, you know, like, does that make, does that sound right? Almost like the it's Lord and then counsel, the, depending on the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but that, I love that, that order of God first and then making sure though, if it's going to be something hard, share with maybe someone to help you filter it first, but then ultimately do share everything, you know, to a degree, you know. So awesome. Well, hey, uh, we're at nine, so we're done. But can we end with just, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I was just praying about this earlier today, and I just felt like there was something that I just wanted to say, and I'll make it really quick. Um, but just this word that I felt like the Lord just wanted me to just say to you guys and encourage you guys is that the season, I hope that we were able to convey that marriage is awesome and you guys should be super excited for it. It's, it's coming. It's going to be great. But here's just what I wanted to say. Like, do not squander the season that you are in right now. Right. I have basically not been single, like basically since I was like 17. Like I've went from one relationship and then kind of into this one. And then I've been married since I was 21. So as someone who just hasn't really had a lot of that, and not that not that I wish anything of my life away, but just there's so much in that time when it's just you and the Lord that is so special. And even in, in those years for me, like I, I still pull on those years. And my mom hit her anniversary a few years ago where she basically been so her her old maiden name was Zagunis and she got married and she was a Hubbard and she got to the point in their marriage where she'd been a Hubbard longer than she'd been a Zagunis so by the end of your life you will most likely spend more years married than you did single so just don't don't wish this time away don't like don't miss out on how special this time actually is as well yeah God has something for you in this season that's so special and if you're if you're always looking to jump to the next season, you can miss out on what he's really trying to cultivate you in you now. Um, so good, thank you so much. Can you guys um, can you know just one or two of you just pray for us for uh, this season we're in, but also for our future marriages and for everything we kind of talked about tonight? Can you guys just kind of bless us and pray for us as a group? Does that sound good? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Absolutely. Cool. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your voice and in uh, speaking to us about uh, marriage and relationships. We thank you, God, that marriage is your thing, that you you started, you created, and it's it's your gift to us. And so um, as, as there's um, marriages to come, God, would you use the season um, to, to really just enrich our lives, enrich um, these, these young guys' lives and these young girls' lives. To, wow. To just he's, he just says he has such a great gift to, to give you, but don't dismiss the gifts right now that he's depositing in your lives right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God of promise, and you, you do not fail. Father, I thank you that your word says that there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. And I just ask God... Um, for them to embrace where they are, God. Um, in Psalms 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, and I just encourage each one of you, maybe some of you here don't have a desire to be married. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's where you are, that's where you are. Um, but for those who do, it, you know, please let it be God's time. Um, it's totally worth the wait. So I just declare a blessing over, over, um, over each person, God. I thank you, Lord, that, that your worth, um, I feel like the Lord wants you to know that you're worth taking the time for. If he's always doing something, then even in that situation, even in those desires, he's doing something. So I thank you for what it is that you're doing, God, whether we are aware or not. Um, you are, you're always aware. So I thank you, God, for each, um, for each upcoming relationship. And it'll be exciting for us to see what you're doing. I want to pray for, uh, just for sexual healing and, uh, for your sexuality to be blessed by the Lord. And I know 
<clears throat> I know because of my past that uh, sex was messed up at a young age, and there's got to be some of us in this room that have experienced the same thing, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would heal, that you would touch, that you would make whole, God, as, as you've done in me, you've made me whole, God, and I thank you for it, and I, I pray for sexual health to happen in each one of our hearts, God, that you would, you are the transformer, you are the, you are the God who redeems and makes new and makes healthy, and I pray for your sexuality, that it would be whole and holy and blessed, that you would be able to forgive anybody who has hurt you, that you'd be able to forgive and release and let go with God's help. So I bless you. I bless you, your sexuality. I bless it and pray for wholeness and health in your life. Amen. And Lord, we just thank you uh, for this group. I thank you so much. Um, and I, I pray tonight, God, more than like fun facts or information or anything like that. God, I ask uh, that everyone in this room, that we would receive just this like uh, this impartation, Lord, from these couples that have put you first at the center of their marriage. And ultimately that we would get it deep in our hearts that at the end of the day, ma marriage is for you, God. That before it's for the other person, it's actually to even glorify you even more, Lord. And, uh, and that it would be a, a gift even unto you, Lord. And so uh, we love you, and we just ask that we would be people that when we get married in your timing, that we would turn to you first, mm -hmm. Lord, that we would surrender to you, follow you, Lord, and that our marriage would, would give you glory, that people would look at our marriages and say, wow, that looks like Jesus in the church, Lord, and that people would come to you through our marriages in this room. But we love you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you for this gift of marriage. And uh, yeah, I ask that it would go deep into our hearts tonight. In your name, amen. And so two things. One, um, these guys, is it okay if you guys hang out for just a few minutes? And if you guys want prayer, if there's any one person you wanted to ask more questions to or just say, hey, you said something that really hit me. I went through that. Can you pray for me? We would just for you guys to be available, maybe to pray for some people if possible. Um, and, uh, but, but besides that, we're, we're done. Thank you so much for coming to Crux. I'll encourage you guys. They're all here on Sundays. They've been here for years. And so if you see them on Sundays, run up to them, thank them, give them a hug, get to know them. These are some of my favorite people right here. So get to know them. Okay. Um, so, but can we give it up for them one more time? Thank you guys for giving your time and your energy and just sharing and being so open and raw with us. We really appreciate it. But everyone, thank you so much for coming to Crux. We love you guys. We will see you uh, on Sunday and as well as next Thursday. Feel free to hang out for a while. Come up and get prayer if you need some, okay? Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.